Hello, everybody, and welcome to Pod and Gore, your one-stop shop for just about all things that you could call horror, and we are your hosts. My name is Justin. And my name is Brandon. Welcome to the show as I take a sip of beverage. <laughs> Good morning. Hello. Welcome. Holler. Just doing the do over there, huh? Yeah. After my two cups of coffee, it's time for Mountain Dew. Fuck, man. <laughs> okay. I had one cup of coffee, and I'm sipping on a Coke Zero. <laughs> Yeah, I, I just I always need something so. to cleanse out the stale coffee after I have coffee. Like I love coffee, but stale coffee just makes me yuck. Like, yeah, so. I'm with you. I'm with you on that one. You definitely gotta I'm trying to wean back on the caffeine intake. So I'm mm-hmm. if I'm using a bigger coffee mug, uh, you know, say you're 12 to 16, just like the bigger sure. size ones, which most of them are, I won't drink more than a cup. Yeah, um, well, that's like the two small cups. Ones. Yeah. And so I just like, I'm like, I don't know, man. Caffeine hasn't been kind to me, especially when I uh, am coming off of not having any for a little bit, too. So that is fair. I have caffeine like all the time. So it's, yeah. It's I had a gnarly ass headache Thursday from, I'm assuming, not having any caffeine because it, I almost didn't go to work. Kicked oh. my ass. That and I was throwing up is really weird, but we're, we're I think better that's, now. I think you have two things. <laughs> I have just a bunch of not want to fucking go to work things. <laughs> Anywho, uh, enough of uh, coffee talk with Brandon and Justin. We are hey, here to talk some horror with one of my personal favorite movies ever, Invasion of the Body Snatchers, the original from yeah. 1956. This is the all-time? All-time? Favorite? This is one of your all-time you know, it's creeping up there. I watched this for the first time with our friend Justin at uh, the theaters. You know, when the, once a month the theater will do their oh, throwback movies? Yeah, 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 yeah. So, I mean, and I haven't been to a theater since the plague began. So this was at least two, three years ago. We went Which to... Which Justin? McNair. Oh, okay. Yeah. Oh, shit. And, it has uh, been a minute. Yeah, it, it's been a while, and... Uh, yeah, I we went and it just completely captivated me and loved it, and I've just been obsessed with it ever since. I like this one more than the '70s remake with Goldblum and uh, Sutherland, personally. Huh. But I just, I mean, it's classic. I think if you're gonna watch an old school alien horror movie and it's not Alien, it's got to right. be from the '50s. Like, it's got to have that monster feel to it. It um, d- that the the way the black, you know yeah. the black and the white black and white the just operatic score, score yeah yep. it's just yep. it just does it. That one. well yeah. that's you know I, I I bring him up every episode our friend Patrick like he gives me shit all the time about not watching old movies but it's like I can watch old horror movies same with comic mm-hmm. book movies go listen to We Are Marvel wherever you listen to podcasts I can watch the, this for some reason I just can forgive and enjoy old horror movies and superhero movies because I can get swept up in the camp of it mm-hmm. and enjoy it for that instead of being critical of that as I am with other old movies. It's really weird. Okay. It's a yeah. very strange brain thing I have. There's um, there's definitely a vibe with these old black and whites. Um, like, it's just crazy to kind of put yourself in the mindset of like, you know, this is... 1956 when people are watching this and this is long before you know obviously mainstream horrors and 
the innovations and all that kind of stuff that came later. But like watching this in the fifties, when you might not have seen a lot of things like that, I think a thing from another world was, I think 1952, mm-hmm. Yeah, I think so. uh, like the original thing yeah. I want to say, I think is from that. Mm-hmm. But like, it's just crazy putting yourself in that kind of headspace of like, you know, there isn't a whole lot of this going around. This isn't, you know, seeing the way that, you know, people lived in the fifties, <laughs> like, you know, the, yeah. just the, the, the way they dressed, the yeah, the, the way the... they talked, the way that, <laughs> the you house know, calls with the doctor and shit. Yeah. Like I, I dig it. Um, yeah. I, a lot of like, I don't know. I love the modern era. But there's like some of those times where I was just like, man, that'd be kind of, be kind of crazy living back in those times where, you know, you got up and you got dressed and you wore suits instead yeah. of just like jeans and a t-shirt or shorts mm-hmm. and a t-shirt. And it it's so weird how in just 50 years, that's like another world not to, yeah. you know, riff on the out of this world, but like sure. how far we've come in well, this, better it's and actually worse. 70, yes, <laughs> and, well, 70 years, but you yeah. know what I mean? Like, it's just, it's not that long of a time, but it is. Yeah. It's That's a lifetime. <laughs> uh, for those that haven't seen it, a small town doctor learns that the population of his community is being replaced by emotionless alien duplicates. I hate yeah. when that happens. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's weird, though, because it's like... Watching this movie, and uh, I don't know. Uh, let me go ahead and continue. Let me try to wrap my brain around what I'm trying to think of. But it's it's just really weird how it, it's it's like it's a bad thing, obviously, that all this mm-hmm. is happening. But like the people who are having the worst time are the ones that are trying not to be taken over. Everybody well, else I mean, is like, it's not that this, bad. This is kind of a uh, it's a play on communism. I mean, that's. The, the whole oh. point of this is it's okay. the allure of communism and that it's a bad thing and you lose your emotions and become part of the system and all that shit. Oh. And that's, okay. you know, and that's what, you know, the Kevin McCarthy's character is like, you know, I, I want to love, I want to, this, I like this girl and she's really nice and I want to love her and in your system I don't have that, so mm-hmm. I want to hold on to that. Okay. But, uh, I, wow. Okay. That's the point but, of the movie. No, I get it. Like, a hundred percent get it. Uh, did I know that before you said it? No, but it makes sense. That's why I'm here. Uh, tagline: They come from another world. I would love to have a poster for this, like it yeah. in my office somewhere. Would just be so cool. Uh, directed by Don Siegel, screenplay by Daniel Mainwaring. Is I'm going to say that based on The Body Snatchers by Jack Finney. Starring Kevin McCarthy, Dana Winter, Larry Gates, King Donovan, which is a cool name, and Carolyn <laughs> Jones. I know. I was looking through there, and I was, um, I didn't even notice the King Donovan because I think the the name that stuck out to me was a guy. This guy's name was Guy Way. Guy Way. <laughs> I was like, oh, it's uh, yeah, just Guy and Way, and I'm like, hmm. okay. That's how you do. Released February 5th, 1956, with a budget of $416,911, which is very specific, and a box office of $3 million, so this did quite nicely, I would say. Yeah, I would too. Uh, Let's get into this. Invasion of the Body Snatchers, which was originally scheduled for a 24-day shoot and a budget of... $454,864. $454,864. The studio later asked Wenger, 
Wanger? Yes, I'm going to say that. To cut the budget... Yeah, Wanger. Wanger. (laughs) I was looking, I was like, oh, this guy. Uh, To cut the budget significantly, the producer proposed a shooting schedule of 20 days, as opposed to 24, and a budget of 350,000. So, cut it by over 100,000. Which is a dick move. Uh, Initially, Wanger considered Gig Young, Dick Powell, Joseph Cotton, and several others for the role of Miles... And for Becky, he considered casting Anne Bancroft, Donna Reed, Kim Hunter, Avira Miles, and others. So mm. uh, with the lower budget, however, he abandoned these choices and cast Richard Kiley, who had just starred in The Phoenix City Story for Allied Artists. Kylie turned the role down, and Wenger cho- cast Kevin McCarthy, an Academy Award nominee five years earlier for Death of a Salesman. Ooh. And relative newcomer Dana Winter, who had done several major dramatic roles on television. Nice. I think hey, it, uh, it helps. I just sent you, sorry, I just sent you a link. <laughs> it's a, a link to buy the poster for the movie. It's like $18. Oh, nice. oh cool. Hey. I don't know if I'll do it, but I have access. <laughs> I, re- I just really want this. I'm like, hey, I found it for less than 20 bucks with free shipping. Yeah, I don't know if I'm going to do it. <laughs> I don't have wall space. Like, I would, like it's one of those. Oh, no, I, I know your walls don't have space. But it's I'll a fucking cool poster. I bet it is. Just looking out. That's all I'm trying to do. I appreciate it. Is it a full size, like twenty four or thirty six, or is it a? Uh, it's a. I believe it's a twenty by. It's a twenty by thirty. Twenty thirty. That's not bad. Hmm. No, it's the biggest one that I saw, and I was like, oh, it's actually from. Is a, a Walmart poster. Nice. Yeah, yeah. I'll look into it. I've spent so much money lately on toys, it's kind of, whenever it's stopped, like, hey, you want to also buy this? It's like, well, I do, yeah. but, you know. Yeah, I, I had to stop buying toys just because, one, I don't have anywhere to put them, and then I'm just like, I am i won't, I'll end up like yours. And so mm-hmm. what I'll probably end up doing is just getting rid of all the ones I have, <laughs> just well, keeping the ones that I specifically collect. You can uh, send them over my way. I'm sure I can find mm-hmm. them. I'm sure you could. <laughs> I try and, ro- I'm, I think at a certain point I'll rotate stock. And I'll like, <laughs> so I'll have something displayed for like six months, pull it, display that, something else. Oh my else. gosh. You're turning into the 40 year old virgin. You're going to start painting them different colors. You'll be like, all right, variation, <laughs> and then strip it off later. <laughs> Just okay. Not the worst idea. No. Uh, originally, producer Wanger and Siegel wanted to film Invasion of the Body Snatchers on location in Mill Valley, California, the town just north of San Francisco, and Jack, that Jack Finney described in his novel. Uh, in the first week of January 1955, Sequel Wenger and screenwriter Daniel Mainwaring uh, visited Finney to talk about the film version and to look at Mill Valley. The location proved too expensive, and Siegel, with Allied Artists, executives found locations resembling Mill Valley in the Los Angeles area, including Sierra Madre, Chatsworth, uh, Glendale, Los, Los Feliz, Bronson, Feliz. and Beechwood Canyons. What? Ooh. So, uh, Los Feliz. Los Feliz. Okay. Uh, all of which would make up the town of Santa Mira for the film. In addition to these outdoor locations, much of the film was shot in the Allied Artist Studio on the east side of Hollywood. Hell yeah. Yeah, yeah. Invasion of the Body Snatchers was shot by cinematographer Ellsworth Frederick in 23 days between March 23rd and April 27th, 1955. The you cast want to talk were... about a cool name, Ellsworth. Right. <laughs> oh, Sounds... hi. I'm just Ellsworth Fredericks. Uh, uh, what's that? Fredericks? Ellsworth? <laughs> no. Looking... Frederick. 
Say oh, it no. properly. Ah, I was. No, I know. Fucking start with me. You know, I was, you know, I, I, God damn it. I don't know what you were trying to do, but I was just trying to be a pompous Ellsworth. So. Yeah, that's why I called you Fred Dix. Yeah, and that's I why I corrected you in my proper speakery with my. That's how you normally sound. What velvet are you talking about? suit. Oh my god! <laughs> you show up wearing a velvet suit. That'd be hilarious. That'd be cool. Too much velvet. Uh, anyway, the cast and crew worked a six-day week with Sundays off. That's nice. The production went over schedule by three days because of night-for-night shooting that Siegel wanted. Additional photography took place in September 1955, and the final budget was $382,190. It didn't go over budget too bad. No. Considering they cut him by 100 thou, like an extra 32, it's not too shabby. Yeah, not too bad. Uh, the project was originally named The Body Snatchers after the Phineas serial. However, Wenger wanted to avoid confusion with the 1945 Val Luton film The Body Snatcher. The producer was unable to come up with a title and accepted the studio's choice, They Come From Another World, and that was assigned in summer 1955. Siegel objected to this title and suggested two alternatives, Better Off Dead and Sleep No More, while Wenger offered Evil in the Night and World in Danger, all terrible. None of these mm-hmm. were chosen, and the studio settled on Invasion of the Body Snatchers in late 1955. Hell yeah. Solid choice. It is a good one. Uh, Wenger wanted to add a variety of speeches and prefaces. He suggested a voiceover introduction for Miles. Uh, while the film was being shot, Wenger tried to get permission in England to use a Winston Churchill quotation as a preface to the film the producer sought out orson wells to voice the preface and a trailer for the film he wrote speeches for wells's opening in june 15th or on june 15th 1955 and worked to persuade wells to do it but was unsuccessful because he's a dick uh, wanger <laughs> considered science fiction author ray bradbury instead but this did not happen either uh, mainwaring eventually wrote the voiceover narration himself so got to do what you got to do yeah uh production yeah well i mean those are some pretty big names especially wells at that time was like i mean it's fucking orson wells like yeah (laughs) i mean it would have been a great choice but at the same time is it worth it yeah it's like getting brando in his heyday it's like you can (laughs) but you get him for these days he says what he wants whether you like it or not and then he goes away so I'm going to ad-lib this, so... <laughs> That's kind of what it sounds like he did on Superman. He was like, well, I'm going to say these things. You uh, you enjoy that. Uh, product <laughs> Production designer Ted Hayworth came up with a fairly simple and inexpensive, about 330... Or, sorry, about 30,000 total uh, idea for creating the pods. The most difficult part was when the pods burst open, revealing the likeness of the actors... The actors had to have naked impressions of themselves made out of thin skin, tight latex, which sounds fun. Uh, making the cast involve being submerged in the very hot casting material with only a straw in their mouth to breathe through. Ooh, that does rough. not sound fun. Uh-uh. <laughs> uh, though Invasion of the Body Snatchers was originally or was largely ignored by critics on its initial run, FilmSite.org ranked it as one of the best films of 1956. Hmm. I don't I know what other what movies came out, yeah. but uh, I agree. 
Uh, Invasion of the Body Snatchers was selected in 1994 for preservation in the U.S. National Film Registry by the Liberty of Congress or Library of Congress. I'm having word problems today. Saturday morning, it's all good. And I got to do another one of these with Jeremy in a couple hours. Yeah. Thankfully, it's his episode, so I can just kind of sit there and nod. Just coast, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, In June 2008, the American Film Institute revealed its top 10 top 10. That one's just hard to say. The best 10 films in 10 classic American film genres. After pulling more than 1,500 people from the creative community, Invasion of the Body Snatchers was acknowledged as the ninth best film in the science fiction genre. Not too shabby. The film was also placed on AFI's 100 Years 100 Thrills, a list of America's most heart-pounding films. Hmm. I will say that chase at the end with he and what's-her-face is pretty intense. Yeah. I mean, for a 50s movie, it's got that camp, but whatever. But, like, the whole town trying to get them, and when they're in the the office there, and they're trying to convert them... It's well, that intense. that and yeah, when they're like you said, when they're being chased and they go in the tunnel and they're hiding underneath the boards and you just yeah. see just yeah, yeah that, boards yeah. That's probably yeah, that's probably the, the part that I was like okay yeah that'd yeah. be scary. Uh, the film was included on Bravo's hundred scariest movie moments. Similarly, the Chicago Film Critics Association named it the 29th scariest film ever made. Not too bad. Not at all. Uh, IGN ranked it as the 15th best sci-fi picture, and Time Magazine included Invasion of the Body Snatchers on their list of 100 all-time best films. Wow. Uh, Top 10 1950s sci-fi movies and top 25 horror films. So, it's classic. If you haven't seen it, get there. And I've got a couple more here. In 1999... this is my first time seeing it, too, myself, so... Uh, in 1999, Entertainment Weekly listed it as the 53rd best movie of all time. That'd be I a mean, good. It was 1999, so I mean, a lot of cool shit hadn't come out, but still, right. a lot of classics but, had. Yeah, for the time. Uh, similarly, the book Four Star Movies: The 101 Greatest Films of All Time placed the movie at 60. Hmm. Not too shabby Not bad. at all. And some fun facts before we get into the thing. The film was released at the time in France under the uh, mistranslated title L'Invasion des Prefectures des Sepultures. Sorry? Sepultures? God damn. Literally, this is Invasion of the Defilers of Tombs, which remains <laughs> unchanged today. Well, okay. <laughs> Uh, it was originally meant to end with Miles screaming as truckloads of pods pass him by. The studio, wary of a pessimistic conclusion, insisted on adding a prologue and epilogue suggesting a more optimistic outcome to the story. Which is too bad. I like no. him, but it's just yeah. like... it would have been, been kinda... fucking awesome if it would have ended like that. Yeah. But the whole like, oh, we're bringing in... It's kind of like the um, Season of the Witch ending. Yeah, here like, comes the cavalry. We'll we'll fit. We you know they'll yeah. they'll get there. It might take a little bit, but they'll get there. Yeah, like but the like, season of the witch ending is a little more daunting. Of like it's airing and we can't stop it. Oh my god! <laughs> Freeze. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, and I, I think I that would have been cooler for this. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, boom! The film was remade several times, including Invasion of the Body Snatchers in '78. 
which was the Donald Sutherland, uh, Jeff Goldblum yeah. one. Body Snatchers in 93, which I have not seen, and The Invasion in 2007, which I also have not seen. No, I did not know that. I didn't either, which kind of makes me want to uh, take them a look. Check, yeah. Uh, during its original release, papier-mâché pods were on display in theater lobbies, as well as black-and-white cutouts of Kevin McCarthy and Dana Winter running frantically away from a crowd of pod people. That's cool marketing. <laughs> Yeah, it is. <laughs> like having pods just like in the theater. Yeah, that'd be, so that'd, be cool. that'd be super cool. Like going to see Alien and then having the um, just the the eggs mm-hmm. placed throughout. Like I, oh man, that would be really cool to see. Yeah, it'd be cool to have one. Uh, yeah, I was thinking the same thing watching that. I was like, wow, could you imagine like if there's any of those still around? Yeah, they're probably they're, I mean deflated and sad looking, but it'd it, still be cool to have a husk like hanging on the wall. Yeah, I mean, they burn up pretty quickly, so or yeah. they just ignite, so you got to be careful with it. But. Yeah, I won't like, use it as an oven mitt or anything, but it'd be cool to just, you know, have. Uh, oh, yeah. Kevin McCarthy would later reprise his role of Dr. Miles J. Bennell in the remake, Invasion of the Body Snatchers from 1978, and oh, Looney Tunes back in action in 2003, which is really oh. weird. What? Yeah, if you watch, um, I haven't watched Back in Action. I keep meaning to, and I never have. But the remake from '78, I think it's. I want to say it's Sutherland is in his car, and they're driving down the road, and you see McCarthy in the road, like yelling, and he like slams on the car and then runs off. Oh, cool. Yeah, okay. It's, yeah. It's a really nice touch. Hmm. It like also, a, the 78 one also has uh, Leonard Nimoy, which I always oh, forget. Yeah. Oh, yeah, it's a good movie. Not. I just, yeah, you know, be, I like the camp of this one better. Right. It'd be a fun uh, original versus remake. Yeah. We might have to do that next year. Uh, the t- last one before we get into the thing. The tunnel scene where the hero hides briefly from the townspeople was filmed at Bronson Cave in Griffith Park. If anyone who loves superheroes knows... The Bronson Cave is the same locale as the Bat Cave from the Adam West Batman TV series. Hell yes. Which is That's awesome. so cool. <laughs> That's so cool. I did not know that, even though 60s Batman is my favorite. Hmm. But like now that you say it, I'm like, hey, I, see, yeah. I do see it. And yeah. it does look familiar. That's super cool. So I don't know if you said this or not, but before we get into the notes, because we are at that point, what did you think of this movie? We've talked about I liked my it. love. I, but. I liked it. So starting out, I, I do have one issue with this, mo- with, with this movie. And it is the fact that when they are talking about all the people who have um, came to see the doctor while he was away, mm-hmm. and they talked about Officer Janzik being that fat officer they basically they said he was a you know the fat cop mm-hmm. Janzik or whatever uh and then you see him later and i'm like that dude's not fat if that's fat <laughs> by 50 standards then i guess it's a good thing i did not live back then because <laughs> but i'm like like they like he's like when during the chase scene and he's running up the stairs because you know he mm-hmm. calls it in on the radio and he's mm-hmm. like when they're chasing him he like horns in and goes up the stairs i'm like dude doesn't even have love handles I'm like, this guy is not fat. <laughs> but I mean, I guess if you compare him to um, Miles. Yeah, Miles is I pretty get. stringy. But I mean, you yeah. think about, I just think about the uh, the family guy, or maybe it was the Simpsons Treehouse of Horror joke. Simpsons. No, it was, a, yeah, it was a Treehouse of Horror joke. And uh, 
Homer's the strong man from the Freaks parody. Oh, okay. And he's like, I'm in the best shape of someone from this time period. And he's just <laughs> like, he's he's muscular, kind of, but he's also just fat. And like, yeah. <laughs> oh, it's someone else's timeline. I'm fucking out. Yeah. <laughs> that was awesome. So yeah, no, like that was that. a that was really the only thing. Like, I'm like, there were times. Um, where, you know, it's the fifties, it's, you know, hmm. some slow pacing, stuff like that. But no, I, <clears throat> I enjoyed it. Like I, like my wife walked in and she sees I'm watching a black and white movie and she, um, well, she's cleaning the living room and stuff like that. And, uh, I was like, man, this really like has a real wizard of Oz intro mm-hmm. vibe, just the way that they did the credits and stuff like mm-hmm. that. And I, it, it sucked me in and I'm like, okay, I'm ready. I had my cup of coffee. I was strewn about the couch comfortably and yeah I, I i didn't yeah it was i did enjoy it um i actually i other than like i said with the fat cop joke like i don't have it <laughs> and that's just personal because i'm yeah. fatter than the cop but if, <laughs> sure. if i had to spell He's that out fat, but, what am i <laughs> oh my god i'm oh uh, um yeah, I have no other complaints about this movie. Like, well, it's good to hear. I know when I pick, I've been picking a lot of old, you know, classics uh, yeah. lately, and I know it's kind of hit and miss with you. So it's it's good to hear, Depend, especially one yeah. that I really like that uh, it's it's striking the chords because I love as we get into the notes here, the the orchestral opening and just mm-hmm. the cool. I don't know what it is. It kind of reminds me of like old school Disney. You know, when you watch yeah. Peter Pan and Jungle Book, and it just has that yeah. big kind of operatic opening. Yeah, it, it takes you back. It, like, it has a real nostalgic feel that people who are as old as us, myself mostly, sure. can appreciate that. Like, it, it does strike that old school chord of sitting down. And it's not like we're old where we sat down around the radio and listened to programs. Sure. And I, <laughs> I mean, most of these old Disney movies I didn't see, like, in theaters. No, I saw them on VHS because well, I was a kid in the '90s, so it was you know. Well, yeah, Lion think King about it, man. Like Snow White was like in the '30s. Like yeah. a lot of those things were like well, well before our time. Yeah, and so yeah, we're not no, that I, old, but we did no. grow up watching these. Yeah, um, I, I, I wouldn't say it's more of a curiosity, and it's like. So are they transferring like consciousness from one body to another? Because it's like once the body's ready and you fall asleep, you wake up and you're now. Because like at the person. end, yeah, yeah it, like at the yeah, end, yeah, it with, seems like it takes their base consciousness or strips but, away the. Well, then what? That's what's kind of strange about it when. Um, What's her face does it? Because Becky gets it when she gets it at the end. There's no other body. It's just they're yeah. running, and she wakes up, and all of a sudden she's like, "You know, accept us," and blah 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 blah. And it's like I get, you know, for the story that works, but like, mm-hmm. if you pick at it, it's like, well, why was there a pod for the guy on the pool table with mm-hmm. a new body, or in the greenhouse Which there was, was a new body? Yeah, yeah, that. all those bodies. Yeah, yeah, that, that is something that, that when I watch it multiple times, it's like, so why didn't Becky have a new body? Wouldn't her body have, like, disappeared or and reappeared? Yeah, because or... the whole time I was thinking, I was like, why, if they're, they're, like, they're tired, they're afraid to go to sleep because they'll wake up and be something else. But then mm-hmm. I'm just like, because before that happened, and when they're, hi- like, hiding under the thing there, I'm like, just take a nap, crash out. Like, I, it's, it's well, not I think... like... To me, I, t- I always took <laughs> it as 
when they fall asleep, their original body dies, and the pod takes their base, like, functionality, personality traits, you know, just Mm -hmm. like, essentially their core memories, and then strips away all the personality and the emotion from it, and that's the new them. It's like downloading yourself into a computer. Right, which explains the the communistic comparisons. Like, I totally get that. But, like, yeah, it's, like, I'm just wondering, because I don't know if it was, like, remakes where it was a little bit more on the visual side when they would be taken over. Like, I didn't know Mm -hmm. if there was, like, little aliens that would do it or something like that. Like, this just, like, it seems like a conscious swap. Conscience swap. But at the same time, yeah, like, why would you need the pods? Why would you need the bodies if you could literally just, if it's just some sort of alien spore that, yeah, it's a curious, it's curious because it, like, I'm not trying to overthink it too much, but, yeah. you know, no, just no, I trying think to it is, ju- it, it, it is works. kind of an oversight because I think the, the only thing that pokes a big hole in it is the Becky of it yeah. because she just closes her eyes, opens them and she's different, mm-hmm. which doesn't make sense with the pods. Right, but I mean, like if her same... body had then disappeared when she fell asleep, like it had uh-huh. just dissolved to nothing or whatever, and then we saw a, another Becky in the crowd. Right, that, that would have made sense. And so, like, because the one of the things that I was curious about with that is because it's like, even if like you had, like was it you had Jack and the guy on the pool table or yeah, Teddy, Jack. Yeah. and so like when they're he's laying on the table. And he falls asleep, like, like even though they're in the same room, you know, and she notices because his eyes are starting to open, he's got the cut on his hand, and, you know, mm-hmm. it basically replicated his body at that time. Um, and then you're like, well, what does happen to the old body? Like, how does, how does it, you know, the consciousness get from one form to the other. Mm-hmm. And then I, I think there's a part in the movie where they do talk about, they found one of the body, like they found a body on like burning on a, on a farm, on one of the farms. Yeah. And so then I'm like, Oh, well maybe, you know, once all that's done and complete, they take the old bodies and they burn them, which is also terrifying. Yeah. Because when they're like, Hey, we found Jack's body. You know, it was being burnt, but the swap had already happened, so that would have to have been the original form. Yeah. And I mean, that makes sense, but mm-hmm. just oh, goddamn. Yeah, they like, play I'm a little getting... fast and loose with the rules, which, which is you know, all right. It's the fifties, so it's fine. You kind of have to tighten yeah. that up the more sophisticated audiences become. But uh... well, I mean, I think there's something about the fact that it is un like I don't think it is known unless it's explained later, like yeah. me being the first time I watched this, like, sure, I could probably sit here and try to rack my brain and rationale how it happens myself. Mm-hmm. But I also appreciate the fact that you don't know how it happens because sure. it is the mystery of the fact of like, they're going to give you just enough to know what is happening. And then the rest you, you'd spill in the blanks for yourself. Yeah. And the, well, and they also, I think the good, this just kind of occurred to me, the less you explain something, the more someone can put themselves in the situation. That's exactly what I'm saying. Yes, I agree yeah. with you. The, the more you go, well, this has to happen. So this can happen. And then this happens. You go, mm-hmm. well, then I can avoid this and this, and then that won't happen. And so I'm right. Golden. Yeah. I, I, yeah. And I love, I love that about stuff. Like I'd rather yeah. would have, not enough 
than too much. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, just enough to so I can get to that point to where I can start to try to make those conclusions myself. Like, yeah, you definitely have to give yourself a solid foundation. Like I said, I think the only thing that kind of screws the pooch on how and why this happens is Becky, because that doesn't make sense. No, and but right, but everything else, like you, it is really weird. Like even though I don't um, find myself to be the creative writing type to come up with stories and stuff like that, mm-hmm. it's really weird though how like your mind will connect those dots and like you kind of feel like in your mind when you're, you know, kind of trying to do that yourself, you're like, wow, you know, I'm creating part of the story myself. And you're like, Mm -hmm. your mind's almost kind of like the perfect storyteller to like fill in those uh, things because it's weird how that works. Uh, we're just going to breeze through some stuff here because we've already kind of touched on a lot of them. Did I, I like that there's just kind of an ominous tone to things. Like, it has that happy, cheery 50s movie vibe. Mm-hmm. But, like, he gets off the train and he's like, I noticed something was a little weird. And people kept canceling on him. Like, they made they rushed to get appointments while he was gone and then they all canceled. And yeah, I didn't even think about that either until you said that right there. I was like, oh, well, duh. God damn it. Yeah. Well, yeah, I mean, it's it, it layers that... I think it's what I love about this movie so much is that it kind of layers that suspicion and that uneasiness throughout the whole thing where it's like, you're not real quite sure what's going on. And unless, you know, it's a you know 70-year-old movie and really you already know well, what's happening, you just... Right. If you put yourself in the moment, you're like, oh, I wonder what is going on and why did they all want to see yeah. him but then cancel? And people yeah, were saying, I, you know, my aunt isn't my aunt like he looks like him he says all the things but the way uh-huh. he says it just isn't the same yeah which no, is it, really creepy this, the the way that they told this story and the way that they did that it it's definitely one of those ones that's gonna like linger on in my brain after i'm done with it too because you'll just i'll, I'll be thinking about it like oh yeah that was really that was really good the yeah. way there's a lot of this. stuff that's just unsettling i mean mm-hmm. even the littlest touches of you know Jack's body on the pool table, but it doesn't have fingerprints. He just cut yeah. his hand, and so the pod person is, now has a cut on its hand. Yeah. So like it's replic, it's a printer replicating in real time, <laughs> Which is to so be as up to date as possible. Mm-hmm. That's nuts. W- without the pod though, which is what's like, uh, I, uh, oh, man, uh, just trying to think about like, like when you see the the bodies obviously coming out of the pod and having the the soapy bubbles all over Mm -hmm. them for effect and all that kind of stuff. Like I'm, I'm curious. I would love to know what this, like the cycle of like, I mean, that would be a lot more like extra information that might not be necessary, but it'd be curious to know like the timeline of, you know, when they pop out, when stuff starts to happen, like mm-hmm. obviously people are having to put, you know, move the bodies to different places. Like we saw with what Becky's dad did with in the, um, the, the basement with having it in yeah. the crate and stuff like that. It's just, it's all that shit behind the scenes that mm-hmm. is not there that I like the most about this movie. And there's some months over there's like two, Dots from now is just like the creepiest, most unsettling scene in the whole movie, but we'll get there in a second. Sure. But the whole idea, you're right, it's strange and a little disconnected, almost to the point where it doesn't quite add up, Mm -hmm. but it adds up enough 
that you connect and go, oh, okay, that makes sense. But like, so there were pods in the greenhouse and then, but why was Jack's body on the pool table? It's like, they're kind of, they're either evolving their way of doing things as they're going and coming up, you know, uh, having problems like the the pool table didn't work because we were right in the guy's fucking living room so let's yeah. do it in the greenhouse and they won't see that the body is being made and then mm-hmm. we can bum rush them or yeah, it, like maybe like, the the reason the becky thing is so different is the process is evolving to catch everyone that's so much fucking foresight i mean like grant that's yeah. how you tell a story but at the same time like but I mean, it's an alien technology, but it's also kind of suggested it's almost, I don't know Primitive? if it's really viral or because it's like airborne spore kind of things. I don't know. True. I, I think, mean, they did say that there were seeds that had came from outer space that basically started cultivating on one like of the Like a farms. farmer's field, yeah. Yeah. And so... I don't know. Assuming that the seeds did not burn up on entry... I'm just kidding. But, you know, no, like, I'm saying uh, like so. If this say it's airborne, mm-hmm. let's just run with this. It's a spore. It's you know like allergy season pollen in the air. Even though you're not outside, shit go, gets into your house and you yeah. sneeze. So let's just say these pods come to Earth, take root in the field, start blooming, and the spores get in the air and get into your system. Then. That's exactly how a lot of that shit works. That makes sense. (laughs) Yeah. So then a pod would then grow another you in the greenhouse, on your pool table, whatever. Mm-hmm. It kills you, and then the pod you is born out of the pod. The possibilities feel like it's endless. Oh, yeah. For sure. (laughs) Like I said, we could do a whole episode just nitpicking this and going, well, he doesn't have it. I don't That's even know if it'd be nitpicking it. so much as just being like, God, how far down this rabbit hole, like how much of this can we come up with on our own mm-hmm. and go from that yeah. is insane. But I loved the bubbling. There's something about the, like, obviously the, uh, you know, it, it's bubbles. Like it's just someone yeah. with some soap going, but in black and white, to me, the bubbles were super creepy. Yeah. Like... It, they weren't creepy, to, like, because obviously you can tell they're bubbles and you're like, this is the 50s. Mm-hmm. I'm sure there isn't a, a whole lot of slime going on and you're working on a budget. Um, But I don't, I think it was necessary because, like, what else are you going to have? Yeah. Like, you'd have to have, it, it, you'd have to have, like, the thing kind of, or stop motion kind of, like, tendrils flaring I'm out. But I love the bubbles. Yeah. Like to me it just felt more ethereal and alien to have just mm-hmm. this bubbling ooze of stuff coming from these pods as they're birthing a, a copy. <laughs> right? Yeah, no, I I'm with you on that one like like it, yeah, it, it definitely needed something and bubbles it is a nice touch. The only thing that kind of takes me out of the movie uh is when the gas station attendant puts the pods in the trunk. And then they take mm-hmm. them out of the trunk to burn them, and they just look like balloons. Like, the way they handle them and kind of, like, juggle them around. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> they don't seem to have any weight and substance to them. They just look like they would be big green leaf-shaped balloons. 
But uh, I'm wondering if they use paper mache for that also when they, so. they were doing that. Have and to lifted them and went, oh shit, that's a lot lighter than I thought. Sorry. Yeah, <laughs> like well, even like in the town square where there's all the different trucks going to different cities mm-hmm. or coming from different cities or going to you know, and now that you think about it, with the like pod specific people. Like mm-hmm. you can't know which one is. There's no way. There can't be a way to tell which one is which. But when they're like, you know, family and connections from this city go to truck one, you know, and then truck two, and then truck mm-hmm. three, and then everybody's grabbing those. But the one of the guys, like you said, in the back of the truck is standing there, pulling those pods down, and it's like, you know, depending on the stage and how much the bodies are actually weighing inside, if anything at all, like they're not heavy yet. <laughs> That's for mm-hmm. sure. Well, and they could have different. I mean, obviously, as the body forms, it would get heavier because you have yeah. the body in there. But we don't really know what's inside them. I mean, they could be hollow. Mm-hmm. It could be tendrils. It could be bubble goo. Like, who knows? We'll have to know, just, find out really, when we, uh, we get our own pod. <laughs> right? I know. I, do. I, I didn't think it would happen as much, but I do kind of get excited thinking about all the what-ifs. Yeah. Even more so than the movie itself. Like, don't get me wrong, the movie's good. Yeah. But definitely, when you try to think about possibilities as much, it's definitely building it up a lot more in my mind. It's it's an an imagination uh, bubbler that really Mm kind of gets you percolating. The creepiest part for me, which I always forget about, is when they're standing outside the house looking in, and they Mm -hmm. talk about putting the pod in the baby crib. I must have missed that part. That one was creepy Fuck as shit. Yeah, that. there's this family, and they've all changed already. And the dad, or I think the dad, has a pod in his arms, and he's like, "Okay, we're gonna go put this one in the crib." And the mom takes it and goes, "I'll do it." And she walks up. You don't see her do it, but they talk no. about it, and oh, it's just like man. it's so unsettling. Yeah, this innocent baby is getting a, a pod placed next to it so it can be changed. Like, duh. <laughs> yeah, because you you definitely don't know how the transformation takes place, and no. you, now that there's a baby involved, I really hope it's Bluetooth. <laughs> <laughs> it's all Wi-Fi connection. Yeah, we don't we don't need the Ethernet ports, connections, no. stuff like that on on this one. Yeah. Um. So we see the trucks being loaded, which we already kind of talked about, and then mm. we find out that Jack's been changed along with a lot of police. Uh, almost everybody yeah and then we yeah and it's pretty much just the two that are left miles and becky and we hear the backstory about the seeds drifting through space that took root in the field and they try Mm -hmm. to convince miles and becky to change with no emotions no feelings and it's it's just creepy i mean it's the idea of giving up yourself to be part of this collective yeah which again ties into the communism of it all but yeah yeah, the way that they sell it, and be- it kind of feels almost Star Trekky in a way of. Like, it seems like something Kirk would be like, "No, we have to hold on to our feelings, and yeah. that's what makes us who we are." Yeah, like, <laughs> yeah, that's true. But in a good way, because it's all yeah. Great. Um, let's see. They try to pass as one of them, um, but Becky screws it up by yelling for the dog. That almost gets hit, or possibly does get hit by the truck. Right. God <laughs> we don't it, really Becky. see. It was going along so well, kind of, and then Becky just ruined it. Yeah, she did. Fucking Becky, man. And then they alert the sirens, and the chase begins, which is finally 
which is awesome. Mm-hmm. It's kind of a wonky 50s chase as they're all kind of scuttling up the steps, but there is yeah, tension the only th- there. Yeah, yeah, there is. And the only thing, like, it really does, like, the score is important, especially during this scene, because if you put some of the Benny Hill music while that happens, it's exactly what you're thinking about right now, you know what I mean? Where it's like, okay, this is a 50s chase, it looks like they're going a little bit faster, and the score keeps it in check, but you definitely... this. I, I talk about this all the time. We talk about the score. It's the same thing with Halloween. Like the yeah. music is very important to yeah. pair with what you're trying to convey because just you don't realize it's what that's the beauty of movie scores is you don't notice it unless it's wrong. Yeah. Like if you notice the score, that means they did something wrong. Mm-hmm. Unless it's like, oh, this is so good. I can't believe it's so good. Like Halloween. Yeah. Like, oh my god. It's one of the things to. Whenever I think about bad movie scores, I think about uh, the Fantastic Four reboot from 2015. Oh, yeah. And it was something that I, I we thought of after watching the movie. It was like, there was no music. Like, everything was really quiet, and so we didn't get drawn in. We didn't care. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's a shitty movie in general. But right. it's worse because the score is not there to help draw you into what's going on. Right. Okay. That makes sense. Yeah, I know. I've never seen it. And yeah, I probably waste your yeah, time. That's just that's what yuck. everybody says when I when I say that, <laughs> and I I have no intentions of doing yeah. it. There are no redeeming qualities at all. Like, <laughs> uh, well, so Becky finally succumbs, which we talked about, and changes immediately. And Miles is alone, which is a really cool situation for him to be in. It makes it really dire. Like he has literally no one in the entire town, including the love of his life, mm-hmm. are now after him. Yep. which is great. And he's running through the streets. People are calling him a drunk and to get out of the street. Because he looks homeless. Like he's, yeah, he, he just looks like a hobo. That, he's yeah. been fucking been through it. Like Running all night. And, yeah. yeah. I'd have been dead a long time ago. And he screams at the camera going, they're here already. You're uh, next. Yeah. Yep. I, I love that. Isn't that how they started the movie, though, with that close-up of his face yelling? I could have swore I saw it unless I was like... When I was uh, starting to play, because it is this is streaming on Paramount Plus for those that you have that haven't seen it. If you do have Paramount mm. Plus, it is on there. That's where I watched it as nice. of August thirteenth. Um, oh, that's cool. Yeah. That's good to know. Yeah, definitely watch it if you have a chance. Um, it does. One of my notes that we skipped over is that it it begins at the close, which is a nice uh, tip. It there, does. Potter. Okay. So yeah. we see them. The first shot of the movie is the doctor being called in by the police to be like can you see if this guy's fucking nuts or something (laughs) and then he starts to go into the story of what's going on and then it bookends back there (laughs) yeah basically (laughs) yeah and him going well that's my story guys and they're like well you're kind of full of shit but then they start that's my story say (laughs) yeah you're gonna believe me yeah Uh, (laughs) and they're going "Uh, no but then they start getting calls about pods or i don't remember what the call well, is well you know those guys came in there two guys came in um at the at the they were in that like hospital wherever mm. place they were in and the the doctor the guy who was talking to miles in there was they were leaving and then him and the other guy the white coat were talking out in the hallway and two guys were coming in and they were kind of talking about 
they mention pods and this and that and the doors mm. open and they're like oh yeah oh. they found a bunch in the truck that crashed or yeah got and stopped so by the popos or something yeah, that's right oh no it's been like a week since i watched this so it's i don't remember exactly but right no good for you man for retaining as much as you did i love how this movie ta- I, i've watched it, it i mean maybe five including when i watched it uh in the theater notes oh in the theater yeah so like in my life over the course of the last three years and change i watched it maybe five six times it's become kind of a classic for me i you know i bought it as soon as i could and Mm -hmm. it's just a fun hour and change movie to yeah it's only an hour and 20 and it's all of that hour and 20 like it's not a fluff total time because there's credits at the end like yeah. My wife's like, how much is uh, how much time left? I'm like, literally less than a minute, and they're still on the screen. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm like, well, I mean, that's the thing with old movies is the credits were like baked in. You didn't have five six minutes of after the mm-hmm. movie credits. Well, Star yeah, Wars the was the first the movie that started too, that. So, yeah. yeah, and that's that's actually to get way off topic, but it's still space. That's one of the things that Star Wars kind of revolutionized is George Lucas didn't want credits in the beginning. Because mm-hmm. that's how movies were. Is you had to put credits in the beginning to give everybody their credit, and they actually got in trouble, I think, with the guilds for doing that. Mm-hmm. But it sweeps you right into the movie instead of like, here's all the things that makes this a movie instead of a real thing that happened. Yeah, yeah, and, that makes. But now yeah. they put them at the tail end because of yeah. Star Wars. Yeah, and then they're like, well. It- <laughs> So the thing is, is when they were in the beginning, like you had to sit there and watch. Now, granted, they mm-hmm. weren't five, six minutes long like they are no. now. There are not as many people working on them, but like people leave during credits now. So yeah. like even though people get their credit, they're the fucking nameless and faceless people that you have no idea yeah. anything about unless like, you know, you're looking for it or something. But yeah. <laughs> nobody stays for the credits anyway, unless it's a Marvel movie. Yeah. Or you're a film nerd like me. <laughs> I used to do it as when I was really high up on myself, more so than I am now. And I was like a big film auteur. I would watch it as like respect. Like, I loved this movie, so I'm going to pay respect to the people that mm-hmm. made it by watching the credits. And if That's it's garbage cool. soup, like a lot of movies are, I just get up and leave. <laughs> okay. Hey, to yeah. each their own. That's a, that's a fair justification. Anywho, that is Body Snatchers in a tight little hour and change little little tight little pod yeah yes a comfy little cozy bubbly pod Hmm. hell yeah not too bad enjoy the movie like like i said if you haven't seen it it is on paramount plus it's definitely worth um a watch if you don't have access to it and you really want to watch it it's worth a buy too yeah i might i might put it on my list of movies to buy also but yeah i had the blu-ray copy so i scanned the barcode to get it for like two bucks on the voodoos and so now i have both that's really nice might, i'm thinking i should do it for the remake too i just yeah, keep you, forgetting that's not a bad idea I'm, yeah. i got an idea about that all right yeah. so that's uh that like you said that's invasion of the body snatchers good time um great oldies hell yeah you want to ready to get out of here hey i think so brandon what are we gonna do next so uh, the next topic or the next movie we're going to cover is um, Black Phone. The Black Woot. Phone. Is I, it the or just Black Phone? I don't know. That's why I said both because I don't know for sure. I have the I bought the book just oh, yeah? for shits to, because like I think Nerd. I saw it at Costco. Nerd. <laughs> <laughs> but. <laughs> 
but um we'll talk about it more but yeah black phone um written by joe hill son of stephen king it's oh it is def- huh yeah it is the black phone i pulled it up it is Voodoo. okay it is the black phone yeah. um it's i bought the movie uh like a week or two ago on voodoo mm-hmm. um it's available on peacock now <laughs> yes it is and it becomes re- available on blu-ray in like two days so. i do not regret buying this movie for the 25 dollars on voodoo yeah. knowing full well that it's free to stream on uh paramount do you say uh sorry peacock or peacock paramount? peacock yeah um, if you have not seen it, I cannot tell you, I can't advocate enough. We'll talk about it when we do the episode. It yeah, is excited. so good. Ethan Hawke is a fucking powerhouse in this He's movie. He's awesome. So I good. mean, watch to pump Marvel some more cause they need all the publicity they can get. Obviously, uh, watch yeah. Moon Knight. Like yeah. he is so great in Moon Knight as an evil <clears throat> character. That's well, yeah, not, it really does like, kind of yeah. show you that like, okay, he does have that side to him. Mm-hmm. And then this one, you kind of get. It's it's almost like the different extreme, it, it, but it's not. So like at the same time, when in Moon Knight, he is the villain, but mm-hmm. he doesn't ever come off really as like the bad guy. Like yeah. he, he's a he, bad. He guy, has but his he's... justifications. They're just a little askew. Right, and the thing about this movie, um, I will save the thoughts for that uh, next yeah. week. You want to know what I have to? You want to hear my comparisons uh, between the two? We'll see you guys uh, next episode. Yeah. When we talk about the black phone. Indeed. Uh, we want to appreciate. We want to appreciate you. But we and just we do. don't. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we want to thank you guys as always for listening. Uh, we appreciate it. Um, until we uh, reconvene to talk about that awesome movie, uh, the black phone. We're uh, on all the social medias. We're um, on Facebook at Pod and Gore Podcast. We got the page. We got the group. Uh, you can find us on Instagram and Twitter at gore underscore pod. We are on the Slasher app at Pod and Gore Podcast. You can email us at podandgore@gmail.com. There's just so many ways to uh, reach out. We encourage you to do so. You have yeah. critiques, comments, concerns, suggestions, episode ideas. Movies we, you want love- us to cover. We've done yep. several listener-suggested uh, movies, and mm-hmm. we still need to get that uh, extra shark out of us. Hopefully yeah, we do got to get. Brandon a, will got, do that next month, maybe. Yeah, we'll see, yeah we'll see about that. Maybe I'll I'll figure as something summer out. Summer winds, as summer winds down. Yeah, um, I love to talk about shark movies. I hmm. they're like I, the the forty seven meters down. I know I bring that one up. Like I I know we generally do the original before we do sequels. Hmm. I don't think that I don't think that these movies count as like one in part two because. They're not the similar continuities. They just share names. Hmm. But the one is like an underwater fucking haunted house. Like, I, hmm. I might, I'm trying to remember, but we might do that. Maybe that I'll, good to me. we'll do that one for you next time. But until then, we have been your hosts. My name is Brandon. My name is Justin. And we'll see you guys next episode. Bye. Bye.